Welcome to the Hardware Asylum Podcast Extras. In this episode, we look at Seven Days to Die, the new open-world zombie survival shooter game. I'm your host, Dennis Garcia, and with me today, I have Darren McCain. As many of our listeners know, Darren and I are both avid gamers, but sometimes... I can never see what Darren is playing because he's on Origin all the time <laughs> right. playing Battlefield 1. And I'm usually logged into Steam doing my Steam thing and, you know, I don't do Origin that much. But lately, I've noticed, I've seen this little alert pop up. Darren's playing this new game called Seven Days to Die or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's funny that you say that because uh, it's it's definitely a new game in my repertoire. And it's uh, it's not my normal type of game at all. So seven days to die, and, and I'm I'm rolling a video so uh, so Dennis can uh, can check it out because this is a hard game to demo, and we talked about doing a cold play of it, and I want to talk about that a little bit. But first, let me step back. So seven days to die is a hybrid game that is part zombie survival game, first person shooter. Mm-hmm. So that would be a lot like Dying Light, Dying Light, or the H1Z ones, and, and you know there are quite a few of them. So this is an area that's kind of exploded over the last couple of years nothing's mm-hmm. really stuck too hard i mean dying light's a great example yeah and kind of part minecraft and so okay minecraft and zombies go together because there's obviously zombies in minecraft sure and you know lately we've been seeing zombie modes in a lot of the popular first person shooters so there's a market for this but this particular game um, also, like we talked about in our main episode this month check it out mm-hmm. is the product of a kickstarter Nice. Now, as you know, I've kickstarted some video games in the past with very mixed results. I love Grim Dawn, but we've had some pretty high-profile failures that we've talked about on the show. Oh, also, there, there was one that you wanted me to cold play that I think you oh, kickstarted, and gosh, it was terrible. So I, I, I don't know, I'm about seventy-five percent, maybe, but enough <laughs> that I've become gun shy. So when this first came out, I'm like, oh, that just sounds like too many things to be successful and work from. A Kickstarter. I mean, if you think about it, we got crafting, we got combat, we got mm-hmm. survival, and then it's trying to do this kind of real timey thing. And um, well, crafting works in Dying Light because that's how you make your weapons. Mm-hmm. That's how you make like defense items, and and it helps you get through the game, and it allows you to play the game the way you like to play the game. Right. So, Dennis, I think if I talk to you about Seven Days to Die, I think I might be able to convince you that it's the game for you. And the interesting thing about it is that because it's such a hybrid game, I think if you're listening out there, regardless of whether you're a Minecraft fan or a zombie survival fan or a first-person shooter fan, I might be able to convince you too just by accident because it does those things and it does them in a pretty solid blend. In fact, my only complaint about it is we're watching the video here, as you can see that you know, it's obviously trying very hard, but it's not quite at the top tier AAA level of graphics. And I wouldn't expect it to be because, you it's know, it's kick-started. an emerging Kickstarter and it's definitely using an older engine, but it's using it well. Yeah. Well, and I might argue that graphics are important in games, but they're not so important if it, you know, disguises the underlying gameplay. Like, for instance, right now, you know, he's. Uh, He's got a bow out. He's going to like kill a zombie. The mechanic there of you going and doing something, I can tell exactly what he's doing. I can mm-hmm. see where the zombie is. I can see, you know, where the arrow went and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Had this been like 
Battlefield 1 style graphics. There would have been like crazy shadows and maybe a fog effect. And it would add a lot of complexity to the game that might make it more difficult to play. And interestingly enough, some of that stuff you described, weather and fog, is in the game, mm-hmm. which is, you know, interesting. And if you think about it, this is a, I mean, this is a Kickstarter. You can buy this game right now. It's in um, in early release. They're still calling it an alpha. The build that we're looking at is uh, 15 dot something or the other. Mm-hmm. So um, the uh, the last I looked, which admittedly I haven't followed too closely, um, they're expecting this to come out in March, so not long after you hear this. Hmm, cool. But let's talk about it. So the first and probably the most important thing that you need to know about this game is the reason for the name, Seven Days to Die. So does that mean that the game lasts seven days or that there is a big zombie horde that comes out in seven <laughs> days? Well, you've kind of nailed it. So let's talk about that. The game progresses in days, and it takes place in uh, a time compression that means that by default, the average length of an in-game day, which is 24 hours, mm-hmm. is 50 minutes. Okay. So, so you're going to go through these 50-minute days, and during those times, you have, of course, a day-night cycle. Mm-hmm. And at night, like a lot of games have done, the zombies are more prevalent smarter and faster sort of like dying light right right exactly and also there'll be to some extent boss zombies now one of the things that that i should mention right up front is seven days to die has three different game modes it Mm. has a cooperative game mode which something we like solo play where you can try to survive on your own so you're kind of a bear gorilla survivalist Mm -hmm. and then player versus player mode where you're kind of out there like a lot of the zombie games where you could be killed trying to get water by another organized group of players. Well, yeah, it's like Survivor Island at that point, right? Yeah. Now, I can see the appeal of that particular style of game, but it's not for me. Well, that seems like you're you're battling other players and also the zombies, and that just adds a lot of complexity to it that... Mm-hmm. Might work in reality TV, but I don't, yeah, I wouldn't want to play it. Well, my opinion on that particular train of thought is that it becomes almost a popularity contest because if you're on the server and you have 10 or 12 friends and the person that you are going to PVP against only has one or two, you're going to win. But then again, in the post-apocalyptic United States, that might be the way it works. It is, and a lot of people like that reality, so I mention that only because that is a possible game mode. Now, mm-hmm. here you're seeing some of the different types of zombies in the game, and there are a lot, and they have strengths, has a and, beard. strengths and weaknesses. This guy is, I think he's called a lumberjack, uh-huh. and uh, he has a lot more hit points to him, and uh, hits a little bit harder, and he's a big, bulky model in the game, which is kind of cool. Yeah, they're not moving very fast, which is something I would expect from zombies. So I'm starting to digress a little bit because the seven days to die refers to the fact that you have these seven day night cycles and the seventh day you have to survive the zombie horde. Okay. So you're dropped into this game day one Mm -hmm. and you are naked and afraid just like the show. You have no gear and you have no clothing and you are in a randomly generated world if you are playing on the default. Mm -hmm. So you could appear in any one of several different types of biomes they call them so you could be in the desert or the forest or the arctic which is what we're seeing here yeah and each of these biomes has different strengths and weaknesses and and zombie spawns and different resources that are available now the good news is none of the biomes are large enough that you can't at some point hike to at least one or two other ones 
and about a day's journey, give or take. Right. So you may not see all of them, but you'll see several. And as an example, I mean, snow, obviously you're not going to have a problem with water because water is prevalent because you have snow. And the desert tends to be more resource heavy in minerals and the forest tends to have more wildlife. So you have more access to, to hunting for food. So much like in Minecraft, if you're right on the crux of those three different biomes, you can run in between and grab different resources. Yeah, if only it was that simple. But you, so your first day, your primary goals are one, to get yourself clothed, uh, get some basic tools together. And such as uh, you're seeing here, this, this is a day one uh, video. So he's got his... Stone axe, which is your default uh, resource gathering tool. You've got a a club, which is your default combat tool. Really mm -hmm. easy. Um, so these things can be built with just the basic resources. So you see all these plants for plant fire, where you got rock kind of all around you. That's kind of obvious too. And then you'll get wood, and those are the three core components for the basic game. Yeah. So and, then from there, you need to craft things to protect yourself. Is that the right. end game? Right, but you also have that food survival element. This is the part that I didn't think I would enjoy, which is what turned me off from initially trying the game. So you also have to survive with food and water, and if you don't feed yourself or have enough water, you will die. So okay. you have to craft your survival tools. You have to hunt and forage for food, and eventually craft better stuff. But at the same time, you have to build enough time into your day to survive the night. So you're going to spend time looking for or building shelter. Hmm. And because the worlds are randomized by default, you might be set up in a place where there is a lot of buildings. Mm -hmm. Or you might be like in mine. I've spawned in an island with only one small house on it. And everything else is a day's walk away, I discovered, after several days of hunting. So, so, so kind of like in uh, the movie I Am Legend. Yes. At, at night, yes. The, the the zombie vampire horde or whatever would come out. So you need to basically not be out at night, much like in Minecraft as well. Right. And they will actively hunt you. And in fact, if they detect you because you're making too much noise, or you have smelly food, or you've got a fire running, or you hmm. just happen to be visible, they will come and get you. And they will hunt you. And they will destroy your house to try to get to you. They oh. will, uh, you know, chase you for however many minutes. I think the default is 60 in-game minutes or something, or until they lose sight of you for some amount of time that I have yet to determine. Oh, so on day one, say you don't have any way of building a shelter. And I'm, I'm assuming different shelters, like a tent would be bad, but... Oh, yeah. So the game has a built-in day one tutorial that you're seeing in the corner here. So these guys um, are at various points. Oh, and he goes down. Uh, <laughs> so you're pretty weak and this is another part of the game too because as you start your wellness level determines your stamina and your hit points now these guys are are doing pretty good they have a hundred uh hit points and a stamina of 100 but as you'll see the players that are less experienced their health level max will go down because your wellness level determines that you might be generally malnourished. So your hit points, your max hit points is lower. Mm, okay. And as your quality of life improves, you'll actually end up with more hit points. I think the max is 200, mm. uh, which maybe someday you'll see. But, mm. um, and this is part of why playing solo is so much different than playing co-op because co-op, you can uh, divide and conquer those tasks. Somebody goes and gets water and somebody hunts and somebody works on the shelter and, mm -hmm. and somebody goes and gathers resources. And that I think is the strength of the game. But the challenge in playing solo is you have to balance all those different things and you have essentially 50 minutes to do it less the 
four or five hours that the zombies are super active yeah. where you need to go hide out. So you've got just a really minimal amount of time to do this. You suck. You don't do a lot of damage. You can't take a lot of damage. Your weapons aren't very accurate. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So in terms of, you know, cause I played a fair amount of Minecraft. So I know that, you know, when you're building a shelter to protect yourself from the night, the type of shelter you build determines if you're going to survive. Oh yeah. So what in seven days to die, how manipulatable is the environment? Like what can you do and what can't you do? Well, that is a great question. And that leads me to another tool that we haven't talked about. And that is the shovel. So you have a shovel Uh so you can dig and mine. So as we're seeing in the, in the video that we're watching here, and I would encourage you if you're interested in this game to Google some videos because it just, it requires a little bit more viewing to really take in all the stuff you can well, do. We should mention this is also from Achievement Hunter Day One. Yeah, definitely. And they've done a series across the days, and they've got uh, you know five or six players in the game, and um, it really is a great video. But the downside is that they're playing in real time. So if you're watching the video, to watch the whole day is uh, you know about fifty minutes. So be aware yeah. of that. But yeah, it, the video is an hour and ten minutes long. So. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So long story short. You've got to do all this stuff. You've got, you know... Like, Actually, you know, I just realized something. 50 minutes in-game, uh-huh. if you play all the way to seven days, that's an entire day playing this game. Yeah, and it can be kind of frustrating because at least initially, you've got a lot of downtime. Like, at night, you want to find a shelter. Mm-hmm. You can't initially build very much because you have, obviously, prerequisites like a good crafting game. And as an example... You know, you can build a lot of stuff with wood and and string, which is essentially plant fiber and, and, you know, rocks. But you're not going to be building crossbows and sniper rifles, and you can craft those in the game eventually. Mm, Cool. But, you know, you need a forge so that you can build iron. You need, you know, a campfire to to cook food. And that's kind of another interesting thing about it. I mean, obviously, you can eat berries and you can drink water out of the nearest river or lake but the game also has that built into it you could get dysentery (laughs) (laughs) or you know you could uh you know like i got food poisoning so i had uh, like a health leak until i was able to find some antibiotics and (laughs) you know you can also get attacked and get infected which means that your time to become a zombie countdown begins until you can Hmm. find the right antidotes for the medicine one of the nice things about the crafting element because I know for me, I'm not a crafting game guy. Hmm. So it it really has, I think, a great system. And we've seen this kind of flash by, but you may not have noticed. So you're going to pick stuff up, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Because you have to. You don't have a lot of room in your backpack. But some of the stuff you're like, all right, well, why did I pick up this sand or you know this sheet of glass? Or what am I going to do with this stuff? Mm-hmm. So in your menu, you can click on it. And then you can click show me recipes. And it'll tell you everything that you need that you know how to do bear gorilla style. Right. Yeah. And here he is building a, a house from scratch, which is, Oh man, that's a labor of love. I, you know, <laughs> don't do that. Find shelter. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, you can click on the recipe. It'll tell you all the different things you know how to make, mm-hmm. including building materials. And it goes all the way down to cobblestone blocks in the whole nine yards. Yeah. Um, you can filter and search. So it's not too overwhelming. And, you know, I see here he is building the wooden blocks that is eventually going to become some sort of shelter. Yeah. And you use your axe to do this. Everything wears down. So as you're watching yourself build stuff, you uh, see the numbers on that determines the uh, the level of the equipment. So if you are, for example, uh, building 
axes and they wear out and you build more axes, you'll get better at it naturally. So every time you build an axe, it's going to be a little bit better than the previous one. Oh, well, that's different from Dying Light where Mm -hmm. you can repair a weapon, but it makes it weaker every time you repair Uh it. And this one you can only repair at the level of your skill. So initially your your stuff is never going to be back to 100% because you suck at repairing stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, you're limited in your builds. Like right here, he's picking up cotton, so he uh, will eventually be able to to create cotton clothing instead of clothing out of plant Mm -hmm. fiber. Yeah. And you can pick up leather, and you can build leather stuff. And at some point, you'll actually be able to build iron armor and and stuff. And the game will actually get to the point where you can can build motorcycles and stuff and actually (laughs) drive around. And they're getting ready to release a expansion. Of course, this is, like I said, still in early access. But they're getting ready to add electricity. So you'll be able to, I'm assuming... Create a generator and have yeah, a zombie you know, running on it or build, something. Build generators and set up lighting and, and be able to... There'll be a whole new world of technology because, of course, electricity opens up all kinds of new venues. Mm-hmm. And they demoed this week stuff like uh, like drawbridges, for example. So you could build you know castles with moats and stuff. You could build a Tesla and be environmentally friendly <laughs> in your game that has zombies. In Maybe, it. but so. But I wanted to get back to the, like the environment. Okay, so, so you mentioned that there was a shovel, and obviously uh-huh. there's a mining aspect. Oh, of Oh yes, yes. So you can mine, and there are tunnels. And you you have to, obviously, mine to get a lot of your resources. So rocks are just going to be laying around, and you can just pick them up. Mm-hmm. Or you can break down stuff that already exists in the world. So, I mean, here's a great example. He's at a pretty good-sized house that, uh, honestly, I would be super excited if I had found. Yeah. Because well, it's got it, a pool. And it's made out of rock, so it's a very durable house, and it's big, which allows you to have lots of room inside to build your stuff with some relative safety. Right. And that pool is going to make a nice natural pit. So and this house that you're seeing here on this screen is a little closer to what I found. Mine's actually a little smaller than that. So my day one house, mm-hmm. uh, I really focused on was uh, building a ladder to get to the partial second floor and then destroying the ladder and then quivering in the night on the <laughs> second floor while they destroyed everything under me. Huh. Um, but, you know, when the day arrives, you go back down there and you try to salvage. And if you're building your uh, your survival shelter, then you, you know, you've got to take that into account. The next day I need to be able to rebuild the damage or determine whether it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So you're building things like wooden stakes to try to do damage to the zombies and maybe kill them, pit traps. Um, you know, you're building stronger walls. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, build moats if you want to involve water. So you have, honestly, there's a lot of stuff that you can do in your shelter, but you know, the shelter part is, I think, the part that was foreign to me. The crafting, okay, you know, I get the crafting, and it's kind of nice how it works, and it's really easy. You know, you left-click to destroy stuff, right-click to build stuff up. Mm-hmm. And you have, a you know, your typical belt that you can see where you carry stuff around for your hotkeys. But when you die, Dennis, which you will, yeah, um, you drop all your gear, and then you respawn the last place that you put your bedroll, assuming that you put a bedroll down. If you don't, it randomly spawns you somewhere in the world where you may never get back to your backpack again. That sounds exactly like Minecraft. Uh-huh. Although yeah. Minecraft has a 0.0 point, which is where you always spawn if you haven't slept somewhere or if the bed that you slept in gets destroyed. Mm-hmm. But by default, when you die you lose all of everything in your backpack and it will eventually despawn. So unless you can't, you can get back and grab all your stuff, it's gone mm-hmm. forever. That may be true in this too. I don't know that I've noticed because I've had pretty good luck getting back to my backpacks mm-hmm. um, because you just honestly lose a lot. And I've had at least one moment where I couldn't get back to my backpack 
before it got dark. So I had to go up and hole up. And I actually now I've gotten to the point where you open up your map and you put a little waypoint everywhere. There's a potential shelter. So so if you can't get back, you start looking for the closest one. Mm -hmm. And I found a, a water tower that was pretty open that I got up in and I made a hole and got inside of it and cowered there one night. And eventually I found a larger house and began to rebuild my base there because it was built with a cobblestone base mm-hmm. and and was much more durable than the little wood shack that I found initially. So on the on the video, not to interrupt, but no go. On the video there was a a guy wandering around and see there's something floating around in his oh, pool yeah, right now. It looks like one of the zombies fell in his pool. Yeah, but the uh, the guy that was walking around, he was kind of a, a, a larger guy. Yeah. And he was walking just like one of those exploding zombies in Dying Light that you run away from. Uh, yeah, there's some truth to that. One of the bosses, um, he uh, to me, looks like a policeman, and that may be what he is. Yeah, see, so here's right. So that's that's not even the one. Yeah, this um, just looks like a regular football so he'll guy. Explode. Dude. And it's funny you say that because there was initially a problem with one of the models they bought being too close to one that was in Dying Light. Mm-hmm. And so they they had a threat of a lawsuit, and it turned out that they had purchased an asset not knowing that it was an illegal asset purchase. Oh, yeah. So they, uh, you know, when you're in a Kickstarter, you can't maybe build all your models, so you hope that you get enough money that you can buy some prefab stuff and then yep. eventually build back on it. So we've kind of talked a, a bit about the, the crafting aspect and the day one survival aspect mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the roots of the game and how you survive. So, so after seven days, that's when the big zombie horde comes at right. you. What happens if you survive day seven? Well, that's where I'm at in my solo game is the cycle starts over again. So you begin to rebuild or you re-explore. Some of the things that we haven't talked about are, you know, there are towns. Like I discovered a trailer park not you know, too far away from my third house, I guess, mm-hmm. that I started to build. And so it had a lot of resources, but, um, and I briefly considered whether I wanted to move into one of these trailer houses, but they just, there's not much interior room. So I'd have to build some kind of huge walled system around a couple of them. And it starts with a tutorial. And we talked kind of briefly about this because first you build your tools, then you build your clothes, then you build your shelter, and then uh, your sixth or eighth final. Uh, one is to find the nearest settlement where you'll find a trader, which right now in the game is the only uh, NPC that's programmed. So you got, you know, you know, there will be bandits and other survivors uh, eventually in the game, and they're working on that now, and it will probably be there before the game leaves its beta state. Right. Um, but they have to figure out the balance between do these guys run from zombies, do they hunt zombies, you know, when do they <laughs> <Are> aggro? They... <laughs> Pervious to zombies. How, how tough are they? What's their range? I mean, there's, you know, if you think about it, adding a whole nother culture, let alone several, means that you have to figure out a lot of AI on how they react. So, yeah. so I get um, that. So when the game restarts, though, you don't start back from zero. You get to basically... You, you keep have, your skills, yeah. but none of your gear. Oh. So you will eventually, just through perseverance, get better, get better at what you're doing mm-hmm. because you have to. And, and that, I think, is part of uh, what keeps that easy death from being too painful is because you know if you just survive long enough you're going to be better next time and you'll get your gear back and so you'll continue to build Mm -hmm. and if you find a good shelter you'll store your stuff there so it becomes less impactful that you died you can respawn there and you'll have boxes full of basic gear so that you get kind of a leg up so you can't help but get better and better as the game progresses not only because you learn more recipes but you gather more stuff and so you're kind of empire building. And that's the part that I found appealing. 
the trade-off for the crafting really is that incremental growth. All right, dang it, I died because I suck and I had a crappy club and I got overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So now my club that was a 70 is a 100, so maybe I'll take that guy down next time. Right. And also I have to find it a little bit appealing to me when I get ransacked and killed by my house. I respawn there, quickly craft a couple of clubs and go and get revenge on that guy and clear my house back out. I mean, there's that ownership. This, right. is, this is my spot. <laughs> I've been working on this for, you know, two, three real-time hours or more. Mm-hmm. And and I'm going to take it back and I'm going to make it better so it'll be harder for them to take. And Yeah. Well, and it does kind of suck that it resets, I should say. Because, like, if you spend, you know, six of your, you know, game days building a nice stone fortress... And then on day seven, you know, you're just sitting there watching the zombies. And, ah, you guys can't get in. And then it goes and restarts, and then you have to build it all over again. Oh, no, no. That's not the restart. And I I, I didn't want to be misunderstood. Oh, yeah. That your house is still there. And okay. If, and if your bedroll's there, you're going to be able to spawn in your house. Okay. But then you just have to build all your tools. So, again. yeah. And then you're just, uh, you know, whatever you've lost, you either have to go back to or you have to rebuild. Mm-hmm. And whatever damage to your house, you're going to rebuild. So you're actually going to be incrementally growing your defenses, too. Oh, okay. In a yeah, perfect cool. world, your house is only going to sustain some damage. You'll spend some time rebuilding it. So you're managing those seven days. you got to decide, okay, how much hunting am I going to do? How much building am I going to do? When am I going to work on my defenses? Mm-hmm. You know, And how far can I range away from my house and still be able to get back before the night or find shelter somewhere else before the night? Right. And what do I do during that time that I'm hiding out? And that's, a, that's part of the learning curve. I soon discovered that if I stockpiled enough resources— while I'm hiding out, I could craft stuff and increase those skills, which is uh, honestly a great tip. Yeah. One thing that I do in Minecraft, for instance, is build a fairly large shelter, and then nighttime comes around, and then I'm mining. Oh, yeah. So I go either underground or to a mine that has doors, and you know, at that point, I'm safe from the mobs unless they spawn underground, but then I can do that while I'm waiting for the daytime to come. Well, and you can do that to some extent in this. If you are in a tunnel and you're far enough away that they can't see, hear, or smell you, they're not going to probably come look for you except for if one wanders in by accident. Yeah. And the same is kind of true of your shelter. I mean, eventually I could see where you could build tree houses, which is possible, or multi-story buildings where you're way up there with a sniper rifle and they're just never going to get to you. Mm-hmm. And I kind of find that appealing too, because the first person shooter portion of me just has this vision of this going from clubs and bows and arrows to sniper rifles and AK 47s. Cause they're in the game. Yeah. And that would be cool. Getting on my motorbike and mad maxing a little bit. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause that, well, that was the one thing about the Mad Max series and that kind of a post apocalyptic world is that, you are a quote unquote road warrior where you have enough resources that you can move around and protect yourself and you can start exploring and see what else is out there. See if there's actually an ocean that you can come to or if, um, if the desert just goes on forever. So there are a few things we haven't talked about that also increase the replayability. And the one that I really want to harp on is that much like Minecraft, you do start out with generic worlds that are generated on the fly. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get a random different world every time you start a game from scratch. And they're always going to be different, which is cool. But you can also, like Minecraft, you can influence the generation of the game. 
And you can also play in creative mode, which allows you to <laughs> use your console and cheat a little bit. So if you really find that the first seven days are just too much to get through and you really want to get to that point where you're kind of established, you can make that happen. Hmm. Give yourself a couple of weapons. Give and... yourself a leg up, you know, console, command yourself food so you don't have to worry about it. So you can... You can give or take the parts of the game that you like. I mean, maybe you don't want to ever spawn in the forest, so you change that. Maybe <laughs> you, uh, you know, you get tired of never having any water, so you generate some. So that that's to me uh, makes it so that you could turn this into more of a pure world builder. And a lot of people like that aspect of Minecraft. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I I can go into creative mode and I can build all this crazy crap, and then I can start the game and see if it survives day seven. Yeah. So uh, speaking of the game, and we're going to wrap up here in a few minutes, so I just want to get this last bit in here. Okay. When you are playing the game, obviously we can buy this via Steam, which it's on sale or something like that. But yeah, still when, a great deal in early access, so I would encourage you to look at it if it sounds interesting. Yeah, so when you're playing it, obviously if you're playing in single-player mode, the map is going to be local to you. But how would you play co-op? Co-op, everybody gets their own screen. So... um so you, you just kind of connect over the net and then somebody has a yeah. game that you join and then Right. So you you know somebody hosts and they are the server or you can create a dedicated server much like Minecraft again. Mm-hmm. You can see the influence there. You go into the menu system and it will show you all the players and you can choose whether you trust them by making them an ally. Mm-hmm. You can also choose whether you want to I think follow them is the term which allows you to check a box that shows them on your map. So when they're in range, you'll see a little triangle when you face in their direction up on your little compass mini map at the top, like a lot of good first-person shooters have. Nice. So then that would make their assumption that there's public servers that you can join? There are servers, and I know that the company that, that is behind this, which is uh, Fun Pimps, <laughs> it's always <laughs> fun to mention, um, fun Pimps. maintains some servers that are in various states, and, and that's a kind of entertaining too. Mm-hmm. You might skip ahead, Dennis, to uh, a different day if you're curious yeah, and I'm see gonna... some more established stuff. But uh, it's um, it's interesting to me because the repayability is high. Mm-hmm. You can play the game the way you want to. Um, I find the challenge of it more interesting than I thought I would. And now we're looking at a much later date, so you can see these guys have geared up pretty yeah. well. They look more normal. They have guns. You know. <laughs> this is on day four, by the way. <laughs> Lighting. Now, I, I maybe mentioned this in passing, but I want to stress, co-op is much, much easier. And I've played some co-op already with some friends that introduced me to the game. And they were at day 39, I believe, when I joined. Wow. And it was like training wheels, honestly. They were like, all right, do you need a gun? Do you need some clothes? And <laughs> that was cool, too. Yeah, well, you stockpile that stuff, obviously. So. Yeah, and over time, you're going to grow. And I mean, so they had diversified to the to the point where one was the the hunter, and one was the crafter, and one was the miner, and and that sort of stuff. Because you, the skill tree is fairly deep at this point, and it continues to grow. So it is hmm. really impossible to master all these different roles. Now you're going to be able to do all these different things, but because the time element is there, I mean, you're just honestly. I mean, unless you're playing this for the rest of your life, you're yeah. you're never going to master all of those roles. Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, we had people dying even in that match because the game dynamically adjusts the AI and the enemy spawns based on the level and number of players in it. 
So I can't even begin to tell you how much more difficult the mob was in my co-op game. Insanity. <laughs> like when the mob came on day seven, I ran and hid. And they ran and hid. And we kind of fought as much as we could hands off from yep. rooftops and balconies and around our pit traps and, and huge fields of spikes. And so, it was still challenging. Yeah. So when you... um. What's the benefit to killing the zombies then? Do you get like experience points for that or is that just a... Well, yeah, because your combat skills will increase with mm-hmm. whatever weapon you're using. So you get that incremental growth. You'll get better at archery as you, as you oh, okay. archer. And also, um, you know, you can loot their bodies and then they carry stuff kind of in dying light style. Some of the zombies will have stuff on them and, and sometimes it's stuff that's difficult to find. Right. And that includes clothing. Uh, especially when you get the the bigger mobs, they might be wearing clothes or carrying like these guys have mining helmets, so you can kill one and and there's a chance that the gear that they were wearing might still be on them. Okay, so and also it um, stops them from damaging your building and stuff like that. So. Absolutely, yeah. And ironically, if you really had to, you could farm them for zombie flesh and eat it if you really had to to survive. No, oh, so. Well. Um, yeah, there is that too. So I hope what you've gotten out of this is what we've got is at this point the most perfect mix of the zombie genre, the first-person shooter, the crafting, and the world creation. Now, there are a lot of games that do some of these things, but none of them do them all well, and mm-hmm. there may be a better one in the future, but at the moment, in my opinion, this is your best opportunity to blend those in whatever way you see fit. Play with your friends or alone, but I encourage you to check it out. For more information on the topics discussed in this podcast, please consult our show notes on hardwareasylum.com. Stay up to date on the latest at Hardware Asylum by subscribing to our RSS. Follow us on Twitter or like us on Facebook. This has been a Ninja Lane production, copyright 2017. Thanks for listening.